Hi, I'm April Adams Pertwee. I'm your host of the Inside Story podcast. I've been telling people stories my entire adult life as a broadcast journalist, video producer, and digital storyteller. These days, you can find me at Light Beamers, where I'm building a community of women who are ready to step into their brave by sharing their story with the world. On the Inside Story podcast, I'm bringing you some of the best stories I'm discovering from both the women inside of my community, as well as from around the streets of the internet. Plus, I'm digging deep to share some of my own stories with you along the way. My hope is that these stories will help encourage you to examine your own story so that you can share it with other people. I have a motto at Light Beamers. When we share our stories, we shine a light. So with that in mind, let's get down to business today and share the light found in this episode. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Inside Story podcast. I'm your host, April Adams Pertwee. And here we are still in the thick of a brand new year. How are you guys doing out there? I'm curious, uh, I want to talk today about pleasure and satisfaction. Uh, my guest today is Rachel Anzalone, and she is what she calls herself a satisfaction strategist. So this is going to be a really good time for you to check in at the beginning of the new year, before we really get started with things, even if you if you feel like you're already behind, right? To, to examine your own state of satisfaction. And the other thing I wanna dive into today is this word pleasure. One of Rachel's biggest uh, plays in the marketplace right now is really teaching entrepreneurs and business owners and leaders how to have more pleasure in their work while making a profit profit and while also having more pleasure in their life while making an impact. Uh, Rachel is also the host of the newly released podcast by the name Pleasure and Profits. You're definitely going to want to check it out. Um, and she has just been you know, behind the scenes for a long time now in her career, working with some of the biggest names on the internet, which I won't name drop here if Rachel wants to, she's more than welcome to, but primarily working behind the scenes, helping these large organizations build their marketing and profitability engines. And now recently she has stepped out to be in front of the scenes for herself to help more, like I said, more entrepreneurs, business leaders, change makers to really go deeper with their own pleasure-driven agendas. And I think that that word pleasure is um, an interesting word to dive into today. So I'm really excited about having Rachel on the show today. Welcome, Rachel. So happy to have you here. Thank you, April. I'm so happy to be here. And I think pleasure is a great place to start and just unpack, like, what does that even mean? Yeah, I, that exactly. That's where I wanted you to start. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Because in your definition, when you, you know, this is a word that you're using so heavily right now. Um, what does pleasure mean in, by your definition? So the thing about pleasure is that I, I believe our culture mm -hmm. has sort of these associations with that word that really sometimes could turn us off. Yes. Right. And, and certainly not a word that we talk about in, in the context of business often. Exactly. And if you really look at what the definition of pleasure is, it's a state of happy satisfaction and enjoyment. 
So what's wrong with that? <laughs> like, <laughs> where why would we go wrong, wrong with that? Exactly. Yeah, where, nothing wrong. Where did that, that get off course? Exactly. And so, I mean, it definitely, there's these sort of like puritanical roots to like, you know, hard work and, you know, self-sacrifice and all those things that, you know, have told us that pleasure is not okay. Um, but I, I really just think that we're past that as a society, as a community, as women, I think it's something that we can tap into that really allows us to have a whole different experience of life and of business than, you know, is what we were having 50 years ago or a hundred years ago. We're in a different place. Yeah. I think that's one of the things when I was thinking about this interview today, um, before having you on, I, I was, I was thinking through my own kind of like, where does pleasure land for me? And where does it give me, you know, vibes, good or bad. And, you know, I think that in one way I was thinking about pleasure that, that I think that I've been, that I've received a lot of negative connotations around pleasure, especially by society, by culture, and probably even by like religious, you know, the religious bubble out there, um, is that pleasure is bad, you know, especially if you, if we take it like more of a sexual pleasure or anything like that, that that's a bad thing. Um, and I, I don't really understand that, but I, I, I kind of do though, because I think that as women, right, we have been told for so long that our pleasure should absolutely come last. Mm. You know, our pleasure, whether that be whatever, you know, just satisfaction, like you said, it's just like, you know, just genuine satisfaction, happiness. Um, should be at the expense to before by making everyone else's pleasure, happiness, and satisfaction a priority. Yeah. And I think that that is where maybe that that definition has gone wrong is because that it's not a bad thing to have happiness and pleasure and satisfaction, but that we shouldn't have it until everyone else has it. Mm. Oh, that is interesting. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. what I think that, you know, I feel like the narrative has, has fed us that storyline. And like I said, I think it's come from society, culture, the patriarchal system, uh, religion, religion, uh, and, and all of it's just not true. Uh, because if you don't have anything to make, like if something doesn't feel good, right. Why do we want to keep doing it? And yeah. as you talk about this with business, my gosh, I mean, I had really, until you started really talking about this, I had never really put those two together, like having pleasure alongside profits, you know, yeah. relationships, business, uh, success. So I think, I think, it, I think it is a really interesting thing for people to unpack and think through their own, um, relationship with pleasure and is that really what they they believe or what they've been told to believe? Yeah, I think one interesting point that you made is around like the association of sexuality with pleasure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And I really prefer to use the word sensuality. And mm. even the word sensuality, sometimes people immediately like parallel it with sexuality. But sensuality means of the senses. And so- what is it that you're experiencing with your senses? You can experience pleasure from looking at a beautiful piece of art or from feeling the wind, feeling yeah. the sun on your face. Smelling something good. Yeah, smelling flowers, smelling a candle that you love. Like these are all sensations that bring us pleasure. And so it starts to 
uh, it starts to just really require a sense of paying attention mm-hmm. to your environment and what you're experiencing and how that feels in your body, which is a thing we don't spend a lot of time doing typically as busy women entrepreneurs, we tend to be very focused on sort of all the external things that are going on. And, um, and we're not really raised to learn to like, listen to ourselves. It's a thing that's really trained out of us often as kids, you know, I know our generation, others, if you, you know, some of the the younger generations that have, or have a different experience of that, (laughs) and they may feel comfortable saying like, this doesn't feel good. I don't want to do that. But you know, for so many of us, that are, you know, probably over the age of 40. Yeah. <laughs> that it just is like a thing we were trained out of. Like you just do what needs to get done. You take care of, you know, whatever somebody else says is the priority. And it's not really about how you feel or what you want to be experiencing. But when we open up that can of worms, that's like, well, how do I want to feel? What do I want to be experiencing? It really opens up a whole other level of possibility for what we can do and have and be experience in our business. And so you know, many of us started our own businesses because we were creative. We were passionate about something. We also probably craved a level of freedom that we didn't have within like a corporate job or some other working environment. And so unfortunately, what I think happens for a lot of people is we leave a a job and then in our business, we create the same environment (laughs) that we just left. (laughs) And we put all this pressure on ourselves that like, I have to work 40 hours at my computer or more. And like, there's this, you know, this hustle and this grind that's part of it. Um, And, you know, and you can find a lot of examples of people who succeed through hustle and grind. And you can also find if you look examples of people who didn't hustle and grind, who figured out how they wanted to feel and structured, constructed a business that met those expectations. And it might look different. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they're having the experience they want to be having. You know, you just triggered a memory for me when I first really got out of the television news business and I went out on my own and I didn't really know what my own was going to be yet. So I was really just um, in a state of exploration. I I did not have a job. Um, And I was, this was really the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey, which was, you know, a long time ago, 20 plus years ago. That's hard to even say, but it's true. (laughs) Um, Anyway, I remember uh, waking up and going, okay, this is what I've got to do. I've got to, I got to get up. I've got to, I got to get dressed and I'm going to sit down in front of my computer and I'm going to do these things. Like I'm going to do my task. You know, I'm going to do these things on my agenda because I was trying to mimic the, the schedule and, and the, and the look and the feel of everything that I had just stepped out of, right? Because that was all I knew was the work environment, right? To be at my cubicle, to work, to do the list for the day, to get this assignment done. And so I kind of just replicated that in my, in the beginning days of, uh, of being on my own. And I don't, I mean, I didn't even have clear defined work at that point because I was really at the, at the, at the beginning stages of redefining what my work was going to look like. And so I was really floundering, to be honest with you. Um, In hindsight, some of that structure was good because I think if you go so far to one direction, you just can totally flail, right? Absolutely. And so it was probably good that I stepped into 
you know, self-proprietorship and, and entrepreneurship and being out on my own and not having a full-time job anymore um, by trying to replicate a little bit of that stability and normalcy. But now, you know, here I am. I mean, I'm literally in my house shoes right now. I've got all my slippers. I'm in some yoga pants. I, you know, I got dressed because we're doing a podcast, but I don't have that schedule anymore. I don't have that defined you know, this is what it's got to look like. I really have over the years learned to let go and create a space for me and a work environment and a work schedule and everything about my business has been created to, I wouldn't have said this before, but really does create a lot of, of happiness and joy and pleasure, you know? Yeah. And I really am to the stage in my life. And of course my age that also helps me get there. It's just like, I don't want to do it unless it brings me joy and pleasure. I, I really, I don't care if it's going to bring me a lot of money. I, you know, of course, as a business owner, I want my bottom line to be really healthy, but I don't want that to, to sacrifice the pleasure that it would take me to get it. Yeah. So that, that is, that is interesting. I mean, I have not thought about that in a really long time, how far that I've come and how far, how differently that looks for me today. Yeah. I think uh, one interesting thing that you said is this, you know, you, if you could go so far in the opposite direction yeah. that you just have chaos. And so what I've seen over, you know, over a decade of coaching and working behind the scenes, it's often uh, newer business owners, entrepreneurs, uh -huh. usually in that like health, uh, helping, healing, people who really are very heartful, who have a sense of rebellion against structure that uh -huh. will go so far in the other direction. And it's like, I just want to do what I want to do when I, when I want to do it, which is a beautiful thing. Um, and there has to be some elements of organization. Uh -huh. And, uh, and so I always feel like you know, you have to learn what the rules are before you break them. Yeah. And you choose which things you're going to follow. What are the best practices? What are the things that you can learn and then adapt them to work for you? So we tend to think about things in very polarized ways. Like it's either, you know, somebody gives me a formula and I have to follow that formula step-by-step, step, you know, exactly to the to T. To the T. Yeah. Don't let anything drop. Or I'm just going to like throw everything out the window and just going to like go free wind and we'll just see what happens. And I really just think there, there has to be a middle ground and where that middle ground is, is different for everyone. Some people may find that having a really clear structure and doing the same thing every day in their business feels good to them and allows right. them to make the progress that they want to make and be in the place that they want to get to. And for others, it may be that that starts to feel really constraining mm -hmm. and suffocating and they need to have some freedom. I know for myself, I go through seasons where, you know, I get up every single day at six and I meditate and I do all these things and it feels really good. And then sometimes I get to a phase where I'm like, you know what I really need right now is an extra hour of sleep, mm -hmm. <laughs> not to meditate and write in my journal, all these things, or I just need to change it up. I just need to take a week off and then come back to it because I tend to like things to change and shift a lot. I don't like to do the same things day after day after day. And so you really just have to find what works for you. And that again, comes back to learning to listen to yourself, starting to pay attention to how you feel when you're doing certain things, you know, 
posting every single day on social media is great, but if you're doing it and your body's tense and you're, mm-hmm. you know, angry and you hate being on your computer and you just want to go for a walk and you're forcing yourself to mm-hmm. do it, then you're really just contradicting the whole purpose of doing the work to begin with. Yeah. Well, and like you said, there is, there's an importance around having some sort of structure. You just have to figure out what that structure is, some sort of knowing what the rules are and choosing deliberately, which ones you're going to just choose to break or whatever, which really plays into, um, what you're so brilliant at, which is the, the strategic approach, right? Like having satisfaction, having pleasure, but weaving it in very strategically into your business. So talk a little bit more about satisfaction and then strategy, you know, how the two go together to create the sense of freedom, create the sense of joy and pleasure while also having a system and a structure and a thoughtful strategy that's going to allow, you know, a business owner to truly thrive in their business with both pleasure and profits, which is of course the name of your podcast. Yeah. Um, So I think we're taught typically that there is a formula, right? And if you (laughs) listen to all of the online marketers, (laughs) they will all tell you that there is a formula and it works, et cetera. And what I've found after years and years and years of playing with these formulas, seeing them applied in lots of different ways with lots of different people is that there is no formula that works for everyone all the time. And someone may be able to show you case studies of 32 people who had incredible success with a formula, but what you don't see is the 400 people who didn't have success with that formula, right? Right. Right. And one of the issues that I have a lot with what happens in the online marketing space, and and it's kind of the same in the um, health and wellness space, is that because the pitch is that there's a formula that works, And I have all these examples of who this has worked for. If it doesn't work for you, it's because you did something wrong. Right. Yep. It's it's your failure. You messed it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what I've seen both as a holistic health practitioner um, and as a business coach and strategist is that there is no one single thing that works all the time for every person. There are all these elements involved. And one of them is the energetics. And I know that, you know, that might sound kind of woo to people, but you could follow the same step-by-step formula. And if you're excited about it and passionate about it and really like driven to the success of it, have incredible success. And if you're just following the steps and plugging in the information, you just won't get the same result. It's just not going to happen, you know? Yeah. I mean, this is you know, something that has been, has guided me, you know, really looking back probably since the beginning is, you know, really just listening to my intuition and my gut and just, you know, again, feeling into the feelings of how does this feel? Um, and, you know, I definitely have made some wrong turns by ignoring those, those feelings and doing some things anyway. Um, but really, Every time that I've just gone with the flow, really the flow and like, this feels really good. This feels like a full body. Yes. Um, I'm excited about this. You know, I always say like, I guess, so I am the one that gets the most excited about my ideas. Like when I have a new idea, I'm like, (laughs) isn't this the greatest thing ever? Like I, which is probably good because I'll just go do it, you know? And, and some of my ideas pan out and some don't, but even the ones that I guess quote, didn't, you know, they maybe didn't make me a lot of money or whatever. 
I mean, it was still good for me to like pursue that because my body, my everything, my, my instinct was telling me, go do that, April, like figure it out, you know, and, and see what happens. And, um, it, and so I think it like following those nudges is so important and, I, you know, a lot, I, I think you're right. Like a lot of people get so trapped in the marketing that we're, we're, that we're bombarded with every single day that says you just got to do it this one way, you know, yeah. or if you don't do it this one way, then you're like, you're a loser, <laughs> you know, like right. there's something yeah. wrong with you and you should just hang it up, you know? Yeah. And that's just not true. No. And, and I've had, I've heard those messages over the years yeah. directed at other people directed at me. Well, you must not want it bad enough. <laughs> like yeah. Sort of these things, um, that are just, are meant to place blame and separate you from the person who's, who supposedly has the magic formula. Right. Yeah. And so, um, the other thing that I've seen is I have seen so many examples of people who are doing everything wrong and having wild success. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Like wild success that you're like, you don't even have a website or you don't even, you have no social media or sort of all these things that a thousand that make you scratch your head and going, how are these people doing it? Yeah. 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 And I really believe that it's about them having identified what really feels good to them and being excited about it and just following that path right? There's a thousand different paths to success, but first you have to know what success looks like. And so typical goal planning and strategy development starts with what are the external objectives that you want to meet? How much money do you want to make? How many classes do you want to sell? You know, what are sort of all these external benchmarks mm -hmm. and then taking a framework or a formula that's meant to get you to that point. And then you're supposed to sacrifice everything else on the way to get there. <laughs> you know, yeah. that that's kind of been the messaging for a really long time. And I see that changing. I see a lot of conversation these days around like feminine leadership and, mm -hmm. you know, embodiment. And I, and I think that's really inspiring. I think it suits so many of us more than this. Yes. Right. More, so much more than the way that things have been done for so long. And, and we have to learn how to do that for ourselves. And so when I talk about satisfaction strategy, the first thing is to really identify what is the life that you want to be experiencing? You know, what does that include? What's the impact that you want to be having? How do you want to be, you know, in experiencing your day-to-day -day activities? What are the things that are important to you? Is it family? Is it your home? Is it your, you know, personal uh, health and well-being? And it's not this idea of like, I make a list of all the things that I want. And then I have like, and then I just have all those things and nothing else matters. Right. There's constantly a, ne a negotiation happening. There's constantly a, you know, am I going to get this podcast episode recorded or am I going to get my workout in today? Cause I don't actually have time for both. And so I have to choose, right. And so you have to start to listen to yourself and identify in this moment, what's the most important thing to me. Sometimes for me, the most important thing is to feel good and not to execute the thing that I said I was going to execute for my business. You know, because I just had that happen this, uh, this month, um, earlier in the month coming out of the new year, 
I was, unfortunately, I was sick over New Year's, um, New Year's Eve, actually right before New Year's Eve, like New Year's Eve Eve, and um, that, that weekend. And then coming into New Year's Day and even January 2nd, I just, I was not well. And um, well, that caused some problems because I was planning to record a podcast for the new years that would have released at the beginning at like January 3rd, that Wednesday, we always release our podcast on Wednesdays. And so I had a scheduled solo episode that I was going to record over the break. Um, and because I left it to the end, you know, I was procrastinating a little bit or just waiting until the holiday was over, I was going to record it that weekend. And then I got sick. So I didn't record it. And so that meant coming into like Tuesday, which, you know, shout out to our amazing editor, Rohan, which you and I share a, a <laughs> yeah. podcast editor. You know, I knew he could have done it. Like he would have, he would have edited for me in the last minute. He's done it before, but I just was like, why am I going to do that? Why am I going to sit down today and scramble everything? Cause we were also heading into a launch. We were launching our, a speaker workshop that we're doing right now. And so, um, I was like, why would I do that? Why would I add more chaos when it's just not necessary? And the reason why was because, well, when I set out to do this podcast, you know, three and a half years ago, I made a commitment that we were going to release an episode every single Wednesday. And for the most part, we really have done that. We did take one week off this past year at Christmas. And so my plan was not to take a second week off, you know? And I just said, you know what? It's okay. If we take a second week off, the viewers, the listeners aren't going to kill us. You know, they'll be back for the next one. And here we are. Right. And so it was such a good power move, I think on my behalf in that moment, because the, 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 you should be doing this side of my brain was like, Oh, just record the darn thing and get it over to Rohan. He'll make magic happen. We can get it done by tomorrow. But then the pleasure right side of making that decision was like, why make yourself and everyone crazy? Just let it go. You know, it is okay. You're making a choice and you're making a wise choice. And everyone on the team was like, yes, April, this is all good. You know, so yeah. I know they were probably really happy. I didn't put everyone through the <laughs> ringer that day. Um, but yeah, I think that's a, just a tiny example of just something we had to do here recently that allowed us to make a choice and made a choice. I think that made us all feel good. Yeah. Um, what is most brilliant about that story to me is that I did the exact same thing. Really? And I was every, everything you just said was the inner monologue I was having earlier yeah. today, like word yeah. for word. I launched this podcast. I said I was going to do it every single week. I was also not feeling well at the beginning of the week. So many people I know got sick over like new year's. Yes. Um, and so I wasn't feeling well and I was doing that thing. Am I going to make myself sit down and force this to happen? Or am I going to rest? Cause my body needs rest. And, uh, you know, am I letting myself down? Am I out of integrity? If I don't produce this thing that I said I was going to produce. And then you have to go back to the question of why, why am I making the podcast? Yeah. And yep. the reason is to open a conversation, to share insights, to articulate some things that I want to share in the world, to have great conversations like this with guests that come onto my podcast. And that doesn't require that I force myself to do something when I'm sick and not feeling well. And so there you go. There you go. 
<laughs> There's Which the hopefully is a great lesson for anyone else out there listening, yeah. whether that's you're also not feeling well or you're not feeling up to it or whatever, or insert whatever that might be um, an analogy for, right? Yeah. Around, you know, making some decisions that are going to allow you to keep moving your life and business forward, but not at that, like I said at the beginning, not at the expense or as a sacrifice to make that happen so that you don't, you know, feel good, uh, yeah. which is, which is not really the wisest thing um, in hindsight, even though we've all been told like for so many years, like sacrifice, yeah. sacrifice, sacrifice. Um, and hopefully this is, this really is this conversation and what you're putting out, the work you're putting out into the world, the words you're putting out into the world, um, now are going to continue to help more women have these, this, re this introspection, you know, that this reflection and, and think for themselves, you know, what do I really want? What feels good to me? So I, yeah. I really applaud you for being an example of that. Well, what so much, your go ahead. So much of it is rooted in scarcity thinking and, yeah. you know, that there's not enough time that I'm too far behind that I can't catch up that if I, you know, if I miss this, there won't be another opportunity. If I don't go like full speed all the time that I'll, I'll lose money, I'll lose something. And you have to choose to either believe that the universe we live in is abundant and that there are ample opportunities and that those line up with you when you're in the right place and the right time and everything happens perfectly, which can coincide with whatever your religious or spiritual beliefs are. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter. Or you're choosing to believe that the universe is scarce, that everything is hard, that you have to earn it. And it, it's just an entirely different belief system. And so often what I hear is, um, is people saying they believe a certain set of things, but then showing up in a completely different way. Mm -hmm. So I can say, I believe in abundance and ease, et cetera. But then if I'm forcing myself to do things, then I'm demonstrating that I don't actually believe that I'm not embodying those beliefs. I'm not practicing them, which happens so often in the online business space, especially for people who are really heart-centered because you come at it with this idea of this, you know, this beautiful impact that you want to have and of being of service and changing lives. And then you're confronted with all of these very structured, demanding ways that you're being told you have to do that. And the two really butt heads. And so what I, when I first started doing this work, I thought we have to find a way to do those things in a way that feels better to us. Uh -huh. And then somewhere along the way, I realized we're actually talking about an entirely different way of approaching, of approaching business. Yeah. Approaching business with, through that lens of, of satisfaction, through pleasure, yes. through joy, through happiness. Yeah. And, you know, to your, to your point, that's actually how you're going to build a profitable business, right? And like sustainable, one going to, sustainable, even more so, even more important, right? One that you can keep going, uh, for a very long time, because I mean, burnout is so real these days. I mean, people are just really frying their adrenal glands. I mean, they're, they're really taking their bodies down at the expense of, again, trying to build a profitable business and the hustle and grind and all of those things, right. That, 
it just doesn't really work that way. It just doesn't work that way. And also for impact, you mentioned that earlier, you know, for, of course, a lot of us as business owners want to have a good, healthy bottom line. We want to see profitability. We, we want to make a lot of good money so that we can do good in the world with that money. Hello. Yeah. Um, which is <laughs> yeah. the impact, right? Like yeah. there's the impact piece. And also impact is being that of service to others, right. To help others. As you keep noting that so many of us are in that, that passion, purposeful service driven heart centered, you know, are coming from those places. We can't actually make that impact on others, make that impact on society, on inside our communities if we are frying ourselves at both ends. Yeah. And so often when it comes to impact people, again, you know, there's sort of two polarized ends of this. Mm -hmm. One is um, we get so focused on impact that we lose track of profit and pleasure. (laughs) And I've seen that. Oh, for sure. That's, that's been, yeah. yeah, I mean, look, just look at ministry. Yeah. You know, ministry is like one of the biggest areas where I see that, you know, is, I work with a lot of women who might be coming from a ministry background, or they have a very mission driven focus and they think, well, I can't charge for this work. Oh my gosh. Who says, right. Yeah. Yeah. So getting lost, they often are the same way people who are in the healing profession. Well, I'm healing people. I can't charge them. Exactly. But you can't keep healing people if you don't have the money to sustain your life. Buy groceries. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And then on the other end, it feels good to you. You know, I feel like not even, I think we got to go way beyond buying groceries and putting a roof over our head. I think we need to think long-term about, you know, providing for your family and being able to take time off and go on a beautiful trip. And, you know, that money can help you do those things. It gives you time to rest and restore. It's not just about buying groceries and having a food, you know, roof over your head. It's about, you know, like we, we, my husband and I take a beautiful trip every year to Mexico and then in park city, it's become one of our favorite things because it's when we really get to rejuvenate and that darn trip costs money. You know what I'm saying? So like it takes money to like run the world and run your world. And so, yeah, I just want to say that, like, I think we have to actually go beyond, you know, it takes money to just, you know, run a business, run a life. It really takes money to have that back into that pleasure state, right. To like be sustainable long-term. Absolutely. And the other end of the spectrum is that you start out with an impact that you want to create. Mm-hmm. And then you realize it's going to take money and you shift your focus to the money and the profit mm-hmm. yeah. and put the impact on the back burner. And it becomes always about someday when I'm making enough money, then I'll get to have this impact. Yeah. And I really think, and the same could happen with, you know, with the topic of pleasure someday when I'm making enough money, then I'll get to take a vacation or take care of myself or do those things. And it's really about finding the sweet spot where all three of those meet the impact, the profit and the pleasure. And that really is the heart of the satisfaction strategy is let's figure out what all those things are and then come up with the game plan of how to get there, not start with the game plan and then think somehow we're going to be happy in the process. What, what is it like to figure out, figure out the game plan? Like once they know, I mean, I'm just thinking about people listening to this now and it's, beginning of a new year still, and maybe like, okay, I'm going to think about my pleasure today. I'm going to think about the money I want to make. I'm going to think about the roadmap I want to build in the business. I want to think about the impact. How do I want to create impact in the world? What is that going to look like? They define all those three things. How do they begin to put it together to build a 
the strategy piece. Yeah. To build like the plan to the plan that's going to work for them. Like their individualized plan that is really only for them, not what some guru told them it should be. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's, that's part of this too, is that it is, it has to be custom. It has to be custom to you and it's not going to look like what anybody else is doing. And so you really have to start with what you already know and then start to ask the questions. Like, does that actually feel good? Is that, is that really reasonable for me to do? You know, it, can I do a podcast every single week or would it feel better to do a really good one twice a month? You know, am I going to actually post on social media every single day or could it be four times a week or three times a week? Um, you know, how many, how do I want to be spending my time? And in the, in the giant list of all the tools that are available for how I could grow my business, market myself, serve my clients. If I really start to look at them and see how that feels, how does that actually feel to me? And so sometimes it's not in the marketing, sometimes it's in the delivery and sometimes it's in the operations. And so you might look at something and say, well, I deliver this course or this program live and that requires X amount of energy from me that so many hours, et cetera. Well, and you find that draining, but it's a huge revenue source for you. Mm-hmm. Often people will wait till they're burned out and then pitch that whole thing, mm-hmm. right? Could you just look at it and say, is there a way that I could deliver this that would allow me to have more freedom? Could I pre-record some of the content one time so that I could run this twice a year, the videos go out and I just do Q&A calls. I'm still giving live support. People are still getting the same content, but instead of it taking 30 hours of my time, it takes three hours of my time. What can I outsource? Could I do this in a way that I could have a hundred people in the program instead of 10 people in the program? So starting to look at some of those ways and then taking the steps to grow in them. And I know, you know, we're all a little bit impatient. If you're an entrepreneur, you probably have a sense of, you know, a million I things. Want that, I want it now, a million things you want to do. we we tend to be people who are like, well, I can do it myself, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'll just go get it done. Um And so there's a level of patience that has to happen is like, what are, what are the steps I need to take right now? And so, you know, reminding ourselves day after day, like I'm on the right path, I'm making the right choices. It's going to pan out in the right timing. There's a level of trust. And again, that comes back to, do you believe that the universe has your back, that you live in an abundant universe, that timing happens, that you're showing up and doing the best you can every day. And if you do, then you have to trust that things will unfold in the best way for you. And sometimes that means it takes a month longer than you wanted it to, you know, sometimes that means, you know, it doesn't show up in exactly the way or the form that you thought it would, or some other opportunity shows up, but you just have to be open to those possibilities in order to really open yourself up to everything that could be for you. Well, I I mean, all of this sounds amazing, right? But I also just want to say, I genuinely just want to give you a plug for the coaching and and the work that you do, because I'm also sitting here going, and yeah, how many people are going to sit there and ask themselves those questions and, and answer it from a very, um, narrow viewpoint, you know? Uh, so this is again, why I think the work that you're doing and, I know you offer like satisfaction strategy sessions where you can help them build that plan. Um, I think that's important because I think we we all need to have someone who is not tied to the vision, who has a very 
objective viewpoint that is not, has no skin in the game, right? That coach, that mentor, that guide, that voice of reason that can push back on those answers when you go, well, maybe I shouldn't do that, you know, or whatever it is that you end up poo-pooing as a result of asking some of those very important questions that you just laid out is maybe, maybe ask those questions with, with some help. Um, it would be my advice too. I mean, I'm just saying whether it's with you or someone else, but I mean, of course I would recommend you because this is the work that you're doing, but I just think that we can't do it in a vacuum. I do think we have to do this work and it requires some accountability and it requires someone to like hold up a mirror and, and help us see really what's going on and really the thing that's going to work when building out that, that blueprint, that's going to be super custom. So, um, again, just a shout out for the work that you do and, and how you're, how you're helping people, because I, I mean, I think if you've done the work long enough, maybe you can do a little bit of that. You get kind of practice, you know, of doing some of that on your own. It depends on how evolved you are in your own personal growth and professional growth journey. But I don't know. I think I'm pretty evolved and I still get help every single day. You know, Oh, for sure. Don't don't go without a coach (laughs) because I just feel like there's always a new level that you're opening up and those new levels, you don't know how to navigate, you know? Uh, I just think it's so important to do this in basically in community with someone else. I agree. I think that perspective piece is really important to have someone who supports you, who has a perspective that's not attached emotionally attached. Yeah. Um, like we get to our stuff. Yeah. Um, I also think, you know, if you're learning online business, you're learning marketing, you're learning some of these tools, there's so many valuable tools out there. Um, but you only know what you know. And so what I would say is, you know, if I go, I go to my personal trainer, like I can go lift weights on my own, but I know a tiny fraction And he can look at me and go, you need to shift your back a little bit. You need to turn your wrist a little bit. Here's the thing that I see you're doing. And it's indicating that this muscle is weak and we need to work on that. Like having that perspective is so much more powerful than me just going to the gym and like doing the bare minimum, like of what I know. And so, um, you know, the thing is don't get, don't beat up on yourself because you don't know all the things yet. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like this is, none of us know everything. Yeah. And thank goodness, because we can't, we don't have space to hold it all. Right. And that's why we, and that frees us up to be really good at what we do know, right? Exactly. When you do get that support, you don't have to burn calories thinking about it. Someone else is thinking about it for you and with you so that then it frees you up to really shine and excel in your true zone of genius. Yeah. It's so important for people to hear that. And And often, you know, the beginning of the new year is a good time to assess that. For sure. And, and it's never too late. You know, you can be the beginning of the year. It could be on a quarterly basis, really just looking at, you know, what's my plan. Am I still in line? Have I fallen off? You know, where am I procrastinating? Where am I distracting myself with things that aren't really important? Um, and having somebody to help you kind of narrow those down, I think is really, really valuable. Well, that's a, there we go. That's a great plug for you to get people over to, um, to book one of those satisfaction, I've just made a new word, <laughs> um, satisfaction strategy sessions with you. I love it. I love it. Um, where do you want to send people? Where should people connect with you and, and hang out with you and all the things yeah, now absolutely. that again, you are more in the front 
uh, of the scenes now instead of behind the scenes, uh, helping doing this work for others, um, you know, behind their organizations, you're now front and center, which I'm so proud of you for doing this past year is stepping out. Um, where, where can people hang out with you and find you? Yeah. Um, first, thank you because I wouldn't be here without your help. <laughs> so I appreciate that. And, um, you can find me on the podcast at pleasure and profits podcast.com. You can find me on Instagram at Rachel Anzalone. And if you want to schedule a time to talk about what satisfaction strategy might look like for you, you can schedule a call with me at rachelanzalone.com forward slash discover. Here we go. All right. Awesome. We'll link up all those fun links there in the show notes, wherever you are listening to this podcast, click the player and look down in the notes and grab those handy links. Um, as always, you can find all of our show notes at lightbeamers.com slash podcast and look for Rachel's episode there. Um, thank you so much for being here today and for sharing your wisdom. I, I think this is a, a really cool conversation around, around pleasure and satisfaction and making it a really good thing again, like bringing it back to its original meaning, right? Yeah. Making it something that people think about and are intentional about and use it as a, as a real guide to create, to create the pleasure, to create the profits, to create the impact that they want to have in the world. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today for this episode with Rachel Anzalone talking all about pleasure and satisfaction. If you enjoyed it, share it out, please. That's one way you can thank us for delivering the content and also the people you share it with will probably be thanking you. Um, so please keep the good vibes going. And um, if there's anything that came up today that you would like to discuss further, shoot us a DM, let us know. We'd love to have the conversation, keep having the conversation with you. Um, so either DM me or Rachel, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know what part of this podcast resonated with you. We'll be back next week for another episode of the Inside Story Podcast. Make it a good one. We'll see you then. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to give it a review and share this broadcast out with your friends and family. Now, did listening to this episode make you think more about your own story? Are you wondering which parts of your own story are relevant to share with others? This is the question I get asked more than any other. How do I share my story? Which parts of my story are worth sharing with other people? How can I make my story relatable so that others can benefit from it? I've taken my simple process that I've used for years as a journalist and broken it down into a three-part storytelling formula that will help you discover the key components of your own story and how to share it. It's a free resource I've created to help you become a light beamer by sharing your story. Simply go to www.lightbeamers.com and click on the big yellow button on the homepage to download your story formula. I'd love to hear your story too. So be sure to join my free community on Facebook, the Light Beamers community, and share your story with me. I can't wait to learn more about you and the story that's inside of you. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can get notified when our next broadcast is live. You will want to stay tuned to the stories we are lining up for you next. I promise they are so good. As always, Light Beamers, I'm over here cheering for you. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. 
Sound Advice FM. Women's Voices Amplified.